You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast with your host, Maggie Magan. Hi, small business owners. Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast, where we focus on creating brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one Amazon best-selling business book series for small business. It's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. You can get a digital copy or a paperback at Amazon. Okay, and this is so simple, but what we're referencing today is volume two, and that's with the emerald green color. So today's conversation is with number one best-selling business author from the 2018 book. That's that emerald green covered book I was telling you about. And that's Susan McCustion, who we're going to speak with in a moment. So first I'd like to introduce myself, rock stars of small business. This is Maggie Mongan. I too am a number one best-selling business author and creator of that number one best-selling Brilliant Breakthroughs annual business book series. And by day, I'm a professional master business coach and trainer at Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc. So Susan McCustion, we get to say welcome and congratulations on recently becoming a number one best-selling author. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Maggie. (laughs) How are you doing today? Pretty good, thank you. Are you ready to share your awesome with us? Um, do I have awesome? <laughs> sure, yes, yes, Maggie, I am. Okay, cool, cool. You do have awesome. You're going to bring the wow today. So, Susan, you wrote a really great chapter in the 2018 book. It's the fourth chapter, and it's titled Five Ways to Bring Compassion into Your Organization. And I love this topic because I think when we get involved with people performance, we go to reviews, we go to management, we go to control, and we forget that we're dealing with human beings. And those human beings have a lot of different aspects. They're mental, they're emotional, they're physical. And one of the things that you mention is, how do I say this? One of the top five things you mentioned in your chapter is tip number four, which is managing emotions. And how does managing our emotions help us do diversity? Do diversity. That's a weird phrase. <laughs> yeah. Do diversity better. So let me ask that again. How does managing our emotions help us do diversity better? Well, at the, at the end of the last podcast, I, I mentioned two key skills, and, and those key skills were discernment and asking questions. I'm going to insert in between there emotional intelligence. Uh, that is the link between those two things, between discernment and asking questions. So our, our emotions are our internal guidance system. When we're feeling good, It means things are going along according to our beliefs, values, and expectations. When we're not feeling good, things aren't going along according to our beliefs, values, and expectations. And it's 
it's that simple. It really is that simple. And so uh, having this awareness of how we feel at any given time can really give us a clue as to where we stand um, on any particular topic in any given situation or, or any conversation uh, that, that we're having. And so emotional intelligence is, is really key. It's that, that guidance system that we've got. And it's very, very tied to our beliefs, values, and expectations. Okay, so I, I like the term guidance system and how it gives a clue. Another thing that people talk about is triggers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So this is the same thing as a trigger. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I find fascinating when people talk about triggers is oftentimes they're only talking about the negative, not the positive. Mm -hmm. Because we can have a, a something that triggers us to a euphoric moment. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's not always the negative. I mean, something can bring us joy, peace, laughter, um, all of those points. And then other times, that trigger, that clue, the guidance system can take us to something not as favorable, not the way we would want to show up, right? Yes, yes. And remember last time we talked about um, about bias, right? About about biases. Right. And um, you know, we have, biases aren't always negative reactions to things. We can have a favorable bias towards things as well. And so when we key into our emotions, uh, it helps us to, to recognize where our biases are before we act. And last time again, we talked about bias in and of itself isn't bad, it's just what makes us human. It's what we do with the bias that matters. And so when we have built our emotional intelligence, when we're aware of how we feel in any given situation, that can kind of help us put that little pause in between what's going on and the, and the action. So that the action that we take as a result of that bias, whether it's a negative bias or, or a positive bias, that the action that we take um, is more um, measured and more meaningful. Okay, so you're talking about <clears throat> shifting from being reactive to taking a moment in assessing oneself and then responding appropriately, whatever that would be. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, versus the reaction. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it, it takes a lot of, um, again, the self-awareness uh, and, and the, the willingness. You know, without the self-awareness, we're not going to be able to take that pause. Um, but we, we also have to, um, we also need the self-awareness to make a decision. It's about uh, making, making choices in the moment about how we are going to respond to particular situations. You know, the truth of the matter is we only control one thing and that's ourself. So it's controlling ourself, controlling our responses uh, so that they are more appropriate within, within any given situation. Um, you know, we can't stop our initial feelings about any situation, but we can choose two things. One is how we react to the situation, and the other is whether we, we remain with that feeling or shift to something a little bit more helpful. Okay, so 
that is that is the assumption that it's negative because we're reacting and it might not be a favorable reaction and then remaining with that unfavorable whatever mm -hmm. versus what would be more appropriate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I would say the reaction, we can look at that on the positive um, side as well. You know, say we uh, have a po an overly positive reaction, or maybe not even an overly positive, but, but a positive reaction to the way that somebody's completing a task at, at work, right? That may just be our particular bias about how that task should be done, right? And so, um, you know, recognizing that reaction can, can be important. And, and as a result, you know, it, it's, it's our bias, it's our, we favor the way that that task is being done, but that task may not be uh, completed in the most efficient way. But our bias, you know, we, we're now evaluating that person more favorably because, you know, well, that's the way we would have done it, right? And so our bias is more positive in that way. And so I think, you know, as I talk about this idea of not reacting to the situation, um, that can come in a positive or from, from a positive or negative. Okay. Side. Okay. You said something that I I want to go back to, and I I just want to crack it open a little more. You said, and and I believe this one hundred percent. We only can control ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now that is something that's noteworthy when we realize that often we are responsible for other people's performance, mm -hmm. whether they're our team or it's delegated or outsourced, even outsourced to a vendor, mm -hmm. we still can only control ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a little weird because we have people in positions throughout, throughout any organization, but you know, we're talking business, right? Yeah. That their job is to manage other people and manage is another term for control. <laughs> um, I would call it influence. We can influence oh. <laughs> We can influence others. We certainly don't don't control them. I think anybody who's just I, I, I don't have children, I have cats. I do not control my cats. I think anybody who knows <laughs> who has children, you know you don't control. You may want to control them, but you know you don't control them. You do not control. Um, the people that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, whether it's employees or contractors or, or clients, um, you can influence them, um, but you absolutely do not control them. I, I'm with you. I am really, really with you on that. I, and I always laugh when, when um, small business owners say, well, I don't know how to influence people. The first thing I say is, are you a parent? <laughs> because you're a master at that mm -hmm. as a parent and you know and I, I love that because i never had a comeback if somebody said no and now i can say well do you have pets <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> because we are always in two roles one is a role model and one is an influencer and the two run very close yeah and, and we just um oftentimes we forget that yeah. so we can only control ourselves which really leads us to the next step that you want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you sh share that with us so we can crack that one open? 
Well, so again, this when we understand our emotions, it, it does help us build empathy and connect better uh, to others. Beyond that, though, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's make sure everybody understands what empathy is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, when I look at compassion, I kind of look at a, a three three step approach. There's sympathy, there's empathy, and there's and there's compassion. Um, sympathy is when we really see things from our perspective, like we. Um, you know, we connect in with people, we understand that they're upset, but it all kind of comes from, from our own perspective. We don't have a deeper connection there. Uh, empathy is now where we start to build that connection and we, um, something, somebody's going through something and we connect it to something we've gone through and now we're starting to uh, understand their feelings a little bit better. And empathy is really important and and the thing is that at that stage what happens is we we're still tending to come from our own perspective so we're kind of projecting our experience we're, so we're saying oh you know the, their, your experiences yeah just like my experience oh yeah i had that happen to me right in an attempt to empathize the fact of the matter is that other person's experience is not your experience it's not the same and so what's happening is we tend to project a little bit more on that person and that can leave that person feeling um, maybe a bit robbed of their experience or, or even yet, you know, understood. But when we get to compassion, what, what we're talking about is how do we really see, an see from and experience somebody else's perspective, right? How do we really understand what it is that they need and they want? How do they work best you know if we think about you know compassion with with our customers what is it that they really need as i'm standing in their shoes from their perspective and so compassion is that idea of you know it, it's one step beyond it's it's the sympathy the empathy and and then the compassion the compassion is very active but it also requires standing in somebody else's shoes and so again as we build emotional intelligence we start building that second step of that empathy you know we start to understand that you know maybe some smiles you know aren't really authentic maybe behind that there's there's some sadness um you know that uh you know somebody um well, let me give you an example. No, no. Well, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that for now. I, I think when you you said you know all there, there may be more than sunshine behind a smile. I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that that's that's really the the empathy when we start to really step into somebody else's shoes and and understand not only the verbal side but the nonverbal side right you might have some some poker faces that that you're dealing with and um you, you gotta you gotta get in there you know build the empathy understand what's going on um to to understand to really know what it is what it is that they're thinking and then that of course that gets to as i was saying earlier the discernment right and the asking questions and, but in between that is that emotional intelligence understanding that connection through your emotions okay all right. And so all of this plays into um, an essential part of leadership effectiveness, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's important. It's important um, to understand that we catch 
each other's feelings. And so I think everybody's probably heard of Daniel Goleman. He's the whole, you know, the big, e, the emotional intelligence, big EQ guy. Um, but one of the things that he wrote was that the leader's mood and behaviors drive the moods and behaviors of everyone else. It may seem like an obvious statement, but this is actually something um, that we know from science as well. And in fact, the mood of the leader is one of the biggest influences on the company's bottom line. Depressed, mean bosses create toxic environments filled with negativity, right? Upbeat, inspirational leaders have positive employees who embrace and overcome uh, tough, tough challenges. And so this, there's been tons of, tons of research done on this. It sounds really obvious, but, but it, is, it is proven. So we have to understand, we are energetic fields. We catch each other's, we catch each other's emotions. And so um, that mood of the leader is within, uh, within businesses is very, very important. Hmm. I, I love that because it's often discussed over the last 20, 30 years, it's been discussed, but to hear that science has validated this and it's a direct impact to the bottom line, which I believe, but to hear science is validating it in the research, there's data. Ooh, science, data, I love it. Um, That's my geeky side. I don't do anything without, without science behind it. Got to be able to validate whatever comes out of your mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. oh, you might can I can I jump in here too because this is another really cool tidbit too. So this is a, some research that was done at, at Cornell University, and what they found was that a positive environment helps people take in and understand information better. So it, it helps us become more adaptable and better decision makers, also. So, you know, beyond this, you know, being upbeat and positive and all that, you know, now we're creating an environment where people are more adaptable, we're better at making decisions, which means we're more productive, right, more right. engaged in our work, and we all know what that means. Okay, so there's a lot here to unpack. <laughs> and I want to ask you another question, and I think you know what that big second question is. Is there anything that you want to say before that? Or no. you just want me to go right into it? I'm good. I'm good. I think I interrupted you enough. <laughs> That's okay. Because when, when we're talking about all these things, it starts to hit on values. Yes, absolutely. And you haven't said that word yet, so I'll introduce it. Um, values we assign values to things and that's a preference as well and gosh there's there's a, a lot to unpack about our values because our values impact how we show up yes in the conversations we have and who we speak to and even how we speak to them right yes okay. well okay so <laughs> i'll get into that in a minute but finish your question <laughs> Do we all just value different things? That's the tricky part of all of this. We share values. 
right? Everybody wants to be respected. I ask that in every class I teach. I say, who here doesn't want to be respected? And 100%, nobody has raised their hand yet, okay? Okay, okay. We all want to be respected. We all want to be loved. We all work hard. You know, we share values. The difference when it comes to diversity and culture is that we are taught different behavior with the same value. And so when we meet somebody new and they're acting differently, all of a sudden we start accusing them of not being respectful when in fact, maybe they are, but just in a way we're not familiar with, right? So let me give you a quick example. So my husband was born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama to a military family. Okay. okay. How is it, Maggie, that you suppose he addresses people? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Bingo, right? That quick, that quick. I was upstairs the other evening. I heard him downstairs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Oh, he's on the phone with his dad. Right. I mean, no doubt about it. It is that quick. Well, we live in the Midwest now. We're in between Chicago and Milwaukee. He reports to a woman who is only five years older than him, who was born and raised in this area, went to school at University of Wisconsin. She asks him to do something, and he says? Yes, ma'am. And she says? Ugh. Quit calling me ma'am, right? Right? Because that exact same thing that he was taught was respectful behavior is being interpreted as the complete opposite. Disrespectful, you're calling me old, you're being a smart aleck, right? That kind of stuff. And so we see this different behavior and while they both value respect, he's showing respect in the way that he was taught to show respect, right? And so we get into this issue of, I treat other people like I wanna be treated. Wow, okay. That sounds good. And, and when, you know, I work with a developmental model, you know, when we're coming from earlier development, yeah, that's an important step to make. And then the next question is, what if other people don't want to be treated the way I want to be treated? What if my husband's boss doesn't want to be called? Yes, ma'am. Right. What do I do with that then? Well, I agree with you because I married a Marine. Mm-hmm. And I am ma'am at times, you know, we've been out for a long time, decades, but I, I still hear yes, ma'am. And if somebody else hears it, they're like, whoa, you have him whipped. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> because, you know, other than our direct neighbors who are military as well, but uh, people just make that assumption. It's like, no, that's a respect thing. And, and I get where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's no big deal. And, and we figured out how to make it work for us. Yeah. You know, but other people, they're like, what? Oh, you're the boss lady. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what that's about. <laughs> right, right, right. Let, let me give you another, another quick example that people may be dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. So a lot of us, especially here in the States, uh, are taught, look at me when I'm talking to you, right? I mean, that's another sign of respect. We look uh, at people, we look at them in the eye, you know, we might nod to kind of show that we are with them in that moment, that, that they're, we're hearing what they say. Well, there are cultures where look at me is disrespect. Right. And so, you know, for, for folks listening, I, I want them to think about what kind of assumptions, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody and they're not looking at you, what kind of assumptions might you be making? about that person, 
And so now we're kind of like rolling back into bias, but I, I want to, I want to bring the emotional intelligence piece here because if somebody's not, look, if we were taught, look at me when I'm talking to you and somebody's not looking at us, that first feeling is going to be anger or frustration, right? We're going to, we have to recognize, Ooh, wait a minute. If I'm frustrated because they're not looking at me, that means something is going against my beliefs or expectations in this moment. What is that? Oh, they're not looking at me. So from here we get to, I only control myself, right? Um, you know, what do I do as a result? Well, I can make an assumption that they're not paying attention, they're not listening, they don't care, maybe they're too shy, they're not gonna be leadership material, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or I can say, hmm, Maybe that's a cultural difference. Maybe looking at me is disrespect. Maybe they are really being respectful, but in a way that I'm not familiar with yet. Let me find out more about that. So this is about honoring ourselves and one another. Absolutely. That's all this diversity and inclusion stuff is, right? How do we understand ourselves better and understand others as well, right? How do we start to know that, yeah, we're different. We are all different. And those differences, not every difference, you know, makes a difference when we work together, um, you know, but there are some differences that do make a difference. And so how do I start to discern those things, understand from emotional intelligence when I'm bumping up against those things, and then move to, you know, asking the appropriate questions to figure it out. Wow, you just loaded us up and I, I want us to continue talking, but we can't <laughs> because we have to save something for the next four episodes. Let's shut down where we're at. We'll pick it up next time. <laughs> right, right. Um, and oh, this this would be really great to continue to unpack, but I'm, I'm so sorry, Susan. Our, our listeners' heads are probably exploding right now with, Wow, 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 I never thought of that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Listeners, so this is how you can learn more and engage with our number one best-selling business author, Susan McUstian. And I'm I'm saying Susan's last name because in this particular book we have two authors named Susan. So we're talking with Susan McCustian. And start by reading chapter four, which is about the five ways to bring compassion into your organization. In the number one new release book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, volume two. And then gift your business's performance by accepting the invitation Susan has offered you at the bottom of her author page. And her author page is at the end of the chapter. Um, and and what she's offering you is very relevant to your business. It continues the conversation more. You get to take a little deeper dive into everything. And of course, it's free. Plus, all of her other social media handles are at the end of her chapter, too. So you can connect with Susan and follow what she's up to because there's some fascinating things. Okay, so Susan McCustion is like her social media handle. <laughs> on everything and and I recently started for anybody who's got Alexa and listens to flash briefings I um, 
the beginning of October started um, a flash briefing. So look up on Alexa, look for the inclusive leadership coach. Uh, every Monday through Friday, I cover uh, topics like this and, and give you tips uh, to help you create a more inclusive workplace. So the inclusive leadership coach on Alexa. Okay, so there you go. There's another one and that happened after the book went to uh, be published. So kudos to you because that's some cutting edge information and another way to give people quick information to apply right away to their business. Three to five minutes is all it takes every day. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so here's something else that's really cool. Right now you can see everything about the book and how to get a hold of it. And Susan, by going to the books app, Brilliant Biz Book, all one word, Brilliant Biz Book. So go to your app store and type it all in, Brilliant Biz Book, and you'll be able to access Susan, all the authors, and on there we even have a click on Ask an Expert. It's, it's one of the sections, and you'll see Susan McCustion's name. Click on it, type in your question that you have for her, and she'll even respond back to you in an I email. Will. Yep, I will. Pretty cool bonus, huh? All right, so I would like to say thank you for your time and your wisdom sharing today, Susan McCustion. Thank you for having me, Maggie. I've enjoyed it as always. Very wonderful. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where you will learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Until next week, when we're here again, shine brightly.